we interrupt this program with a message from our sponsor. Are you looking to have a true spring break experience? Look no further than the Sea Sprite Motel. Located right on the beach of an unnamed Florida vacation hotspot, we have all the amenities spring breakers might need. We've got a great pool because you came all the way this way to the beach to swim in a pool, right? We've got beach access. We heard melanoma is in this year, so make sure to go out there and soak up some major sun rays. And we've got plenty of unsupervised space for you to set up your own bars on our property. Need to keep your Smirnoff ice, ices and natty lights cold? And the mixers for that pungent punch that melts plastic cups? Feel free to set up your coolers in random hallways of the motel. And you know we've got great rooms that don't really smell. The bonus is we won't check to see how many people you bring, so feel free to cram as many people into one room as you can. If two girls claim the two beds in the room and leave the other four to pick between the couch and the floor, that's their problem to solve. For listeners of Talking Fast, the Sea Sprite Motel has a special offer. Use code TF at checkout and you're guaranteed a coupon upon arrival for either a free hot dog from the hot dog stand or free entry into the banana eating contest. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week we are recapping Gilmore Girls Season 4, Episode 17, titled Girls in Bikinis, Boys Doing the Twist. The Netflix bio for this episode is... Rory and Paris head south for their spring break in Florida, where they run into a couple of their old pals from Chilton. Mm-mm. I wonder who. Yeah. Tristan? Who, who did they know in Chilton? Who were their pals? <laughs> um, Ch- uh, Brad. 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 <laughs> Tristan. Uh, yeah. That would be something. <laughs> um, before we get into things, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we've got a couple of reviews here to read from Apple Podcasts. Yes. Um, so, Do you want to read the first one? Yeah. So these are from the archive while we await fresh reviews from all of you lovely listeners. And this is one of the semi-recent ones we've got from Former Crazy Horse Girl. I love that title. Uh, yeah, I love that, I, um, I should say, um, handle, username. Yeah. I love that username. <laughs> the... Review is titled Great Gilmore Rewatch Pod, and they gave us five stars. Hooray! They wrote, Love this podcast. I'm a big fan of GG, and this is a fun way to rewatch and re experience it. I really appreciate the academic take on some of the characters and plot. Thank you. Nice. That's our whole our whole shtick. Our so. gimmick, yeah. <laughs> I know. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> when we're getting into like the weeds of like, here's our, you know, medieval context or literature context or like here's Freud psychoanalysis things like that you know it's like I hope people like it right (laughs) and so it's good to hear I've got one of those coming today oh delightful (laughs) yay cool and we have another review here from a hughes 1016 which I almost read as 1066 a big day in history (laughs) um (laughs) The title is Wish They Did a Better Job Remembering. Mm. Ditto. Same. (laughs) And it's a three stars review. And it reads, they seem like lovely ladies, but they have horrible memories as to what has actually happened. 
They seem to think Lorelai invited herself on the Yale trip, but Richard asked Rory to invite her mother along in the kitchen. It just drives me crazy that they can't seem to remember what happened. Mm-hmm. End quote. I remember also being frustrated with myself that I couldn't remember that detail, <laughs> so I get what you're saying here, A. Hughes, ten sixteen. <laughs> I Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's fair. It's definitely fair. Yeah. And we do our best and we'll continue to try our best. Um, yeah. You'd be surprised at like the things it I remember through, versus you know? the things I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also like it's a new experience for us as binge watchers mm-hmm. of the show to be watching it so slowly. And it's literally been like um, two years since we started season one. So things... And we haven't, we, we haven't like binge watched it since we started. At least I haven't. So, you know, memories. Yeah. The memory is a a strange thing, the way it works and doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We will continue to do our best and, uh, yeah. Thanks for the reviews. Yeah. Thank you so much. So let's get into our big picture thoughts of episode 17, the spring break episode. How did you feel about this episode, Suzanne? Uh, I enjoy it. To me, this one is literally just an episode from Greek, the (laughs) show that we have both watched and interviewed podcasters about. They they also have a spring break episode Mm -hmm. that I swear is like... There are so many similarities. There's like a big concert. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's. It might even be the Shins playing or somebody. So like a band from the same, you know, time period. Basically the same. Yeah. Level of status. Greek was always having bands on. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. They had like people dancing. They had a cute guy that one of the people was looking for. Wasn't that flip flop guy? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So there were so just like so many similarities, yeah. and I swear, like they could have been happening at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that episode in this episode it'd be a great crossover episode. Yeah, just like see Ashley and Casey walking around in the background, <laughs> <laughs> while Rory and Paris puke in the beach. <laughs> there you go. That's the crossover yeah. we've been wanting. <laughs> yeah, but other than that, I really liked it. I can relate to the like. Knowing that something's not your jam, but mm-hmm. also trying it out because you don't want to, like, just not experience something that's a big thing for people. And then doing it and then be like, yeah, I was right. It's not my jam, but I guess I'm glad I did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's how I felt about it. How did you feel about this episode? Yeah, I definitely viewed it as a sort of quintessential college episode, you know, like, mm-hmm. would it really be a season with Rory at a college if they didn't have a spring break episode and to like take it a bit deeper and and allude to my Rory's bookshelf down the line like when they're watching that power of myth whatever uh documentary um that's mine too okay well I well you know we'll get there but it's like this episode is about the power of like the spring break myth Mm -hmm. you know like as a thing that they choose to experience and like decide if like it is for them or what is their own spring break so on and so forth so mm-hmm. I think that's neat as like terms of representation of college I love seeing Madeline and Louise again that is just like a highlight of the season for me overall like I don't necessarily f- I didn't really feel enjoyment necessarily when I was watching it yeah. as much as I expected it um but I don't know. It was like kind of a weird feeling. I think I remember liking the Greek one more, honestly, in terms mm-hmm. of like 
spring break stuff. Maybe I was just feeling like Paris and Rory's anxiety. Maybe that was just kind of coming into me. I'm not really sure. It feels like it's transplanted into a a different show like Greek. So Mm. I don't know. It just feels kind of unsettling. And then you still get the Stars Hollow stuff and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a bit out of place. Yeah. But it's an interesting one. Yeah. We'll get into that a bit more. For now, we are going ahead with our talking fast segment and i believe i am going this week yep are you ready to go yeah why not (laughs) (laughs) okay ready set go it is spring break and paris and rory and glenn and janet go um go to florida they are at a motel there there's a lot of different shenanigans uh, they also run into Madeline and Louise, who have been there for a month. They go to a club and see the shins. They get drunk and puke and then go home early. Uh, meanwhile, in Stars Hollow, Jason gives Lorelai a key and makes things more serious. Luke goes to jail and Lorelai picks him up. Uh, Kirk has a Stars Hollow pedicab business. <laughs> Sorry, I missed the five second mark. Ooh, okay. I think that was pretty good, actually. I don't. Yeah. The only thing I would add is the phone call to Dean. Oh, yeah. Maybe and... I left that out on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> subconscious. And yeah, that's going to be important coming up since we're getting towards that part. <gasps> but otherwise, I think you covered it all. Thank you. Okay. Well, let's slow down. The first scene is my Star's Hollow moment for the episode, which is Kirk's Penny cab? Is it petty cab or penny cab? Petty cab. That and okay. it is my stars hollow moment as well. Nice. It's just he's like straining with Rory and Lorelai in the back, and they're both trying to get him to stop and asking him what's wrong. And then Gypsy walks right past them. They're moving like an inch an hour or something. Yeah. And then eventually they get out of there and head to Luke's and Kirk swings by right after them. It's like, I guess I wasn't the problem. And then he makes a fat joke towards them. But I thought it in this instance, it was actually kind of funny. <laughs> um, like the whole purpose of a pedicab is to be able to carry people mm-hmm. and their weight should be not a problem for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fact that he can't carry anybody is just so Kirk. Very Kirk. I liked that this made me think it was like foreshadowing for uber in the oh, yeah. <laughs> revival and like as far as bits in the revival go i feel like uber is one of the less like uh problematic <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. it was pretty funny i thought i thought and so yeah. this is like his the precursor to that where he's also driving something a really weird vehicle then as well but he just has different ideas for transportation companies i guess around mm-hmm. town <laughs> And that would be a really cool way to see a little town like this, yeah. like a quintessential town on in a pedicab. It'd almost be like going in a sleigh ride in the winter or something. Yeah. But you'd and also you want horses. somebody who can, yeah, you just need a, somebody like grunting and straining at the bike. <laughs> yeah. It goes into our next scene, which doesn't seem to be connected to that first one like it's a completely different day but I feel like they are connected through the fat jokes though (laughs) sadly Mm -hmm. because they're like at uh Paris and Rory are at the dining room at Yale like getting breakfast and Rory gets this like 
it looked like probably Lucky Charms or, you know, like a Fruit Loops kind of situation. And Paris is like, oh, you can't eat like that forever, implying, you know, um, your metabolism is always going to keep you that skinny, Rory. And then later on, Paris also says she's annoyed that Janet is thin. And that it's definitely like a, an unpleasant way to open an episode with like these little lines peppered in that clearly the writers like, I don't know, like they don't even take it seriously. It feels like because I, whatever, but yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just like right off the bat, you know, little, little uh, Friday night dinner vibes. I didn't nominate them though, but you know, the main thing that is going on in this scene in terms of plot is that it is about to be spring break. So Janet is getting a ride from Glenn, we find out. This was my out of our Ivy League nomination. I actually, I'm ashamed to admit, in, in, you know, in light of our <laughs> review about forgetting things, I completely forgot about this segment that we added. So the other week when you did one, I was oh, like, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> I need to. It's like I got a taste test or something. Like when it hits, it hits, but otherwise you don't need to add it. Yeah, so I felt like this did fit here because it's like the topic of spring break. And mm-hmm. are you going to go to Florida and do that like stereotypical spring break trip? And Paris and Rory seem resistant at this point, but it is what has brought the unexpected pair duo of Janet and Glenn together because they both want to do it. So I wanted to know, did did you ever do like a, <laughs> I feel like I know the answer to this, but in terms of making conversation, <laughs> did you ever do a trip for spring break? <laughs> uh, no, no, I did not. Uh, I usually, I had multiple jobs all through college so I just it was an extra opportunity to make more money over spring break Mm -hmm. uh plus I going to a spring break things like thing like this is like my worst nightmare like constant people everywhere yeah uh did you ever do spring break stuff mostly no there was one year my sophomore year I tagged along with a family my friend's family to like go on a vacation like a kind of tropical vacation with them which was really nice but they were like um on the bougier side so like they weren't going to the standard like college you know spring break thing so that was like like a resort (laughs) yeah like a resort so that was a nice thing to um kind of like mooch off of them but Mm -hmm. typically no I would just like go home usually I think Uh, But my younger sister in her first year of college last year did go to Florida and I think she rented a house with a bunch of people and from the pictures it looked fairly like low key but I was like wow I someone actually did that did the thing (laughs) that I know. (laughs) Yeah wow I guess it's a it's an experience it could be yeah I guess if you're renting a house with people who like to do the same things as you for fun that could be really cool but if you're in a house like a mismatched house that could be torture yeah so to me spring break remains a myth rather than a reality (laughs) yeah that's fine with me yeah the and then finally the other like classic college trope that they've got going on here in this scene is Rory and Paris being excited over their first like political stand they're like we're gonna make Mm -hmm. a difference in college and we're gonna have a petition something about um prisoners in burma like a place that's not even called that anymore now today 
Um, so yeah, they're really into the college life right now, checking off some boxes, <laughs> it seems. <laughs> yeah, they ended up doing kind of half-hearted activism. Yeah, yeah. But at least they tried for a bit, I guess. I guess. I'd be interested to find out, like, had they joined a group <laughs> and then signed up to be in charge of a table for a certain amount of time? Or did Paris just come up with this cause and plan to do so that she could put it on her resume or something? Yeah, like, since when know. have they cared about this cause was definitely my question. Mm-hmm. I feel like they wanted... I feel like the message we're supposed to get from this is like oh silly college students like they care about the world but they're not actually like making change or Mm -hmm. uh, yeah I don't know like it's the classic like this isn't like an earnest genuine thing for the show like it's just kind of a like haha thing but yeah if I take it seriously like I do think that is a fun part of college even if like you don't like it's nice to be able to like care about things you know mm-hmm. yeah learn about things yeah. that you wouldn't have otherwise learned about yeah yeah that's true they're becoming those crazy liberals at college as that happens <laughs> oh boy uh, anyways our next scene is at luke's where luke once again is in a grumpy mood i said that he was harried here Ooh. i feel like that's a good adjective harried. for him i like that he's like in a rush and he's grumpy he just doesn't want to talk and Lorelai is there with some stationary samples for the inn because Luke lent them a whole bunch of money and so she's treating him as an investor which I think is good like I feel like uh we were all pretty much of the consensus that Lorelai was right and she and Luke needed to have some sort of actual agreement tied to thirty thousand dollars yeah uh but Luke does not think that's necessary he wants to be like a silent partner or something like not involved he he just doesn't want he doesn't want to like I think be reminded of the fact that Lorelai owes him money or something or I don't know yeah he's like the we don't talk about money type of person yeah so (laughs) old-fashioned And then Lorelai finally gets him, gets it out of him why he's so grumpy, and it's because he's not wearing his socks. And I thought that this was a fun way to reveal this information. I but... did too. I loved this. Like, yeah. Because it's because I'm not wearing my socks. Like, yeah. I love that. What? Yeah. Yeah. So clever. I and it, that's that's one of the things that sticks in my memory also about this episode, but. He was staying at Nicole's, which Lorelai's like, isn't that your place? But anyways, he was staying over with Nicole and he woke up that morning and put on some socks and then he was halfway to work and he's like, these aren't my socks. The whole purpose of that story is to indicate that somebody else was in the apartment with Nicole and left their socks there. Right. And that uh, sets up what happens to Luke later on. Yeah. The beginning of the the final end. Yeah. Yeah. Or this is probably the middle of the end for them. I bet last episode was the beginning. I I don't even know if we get anything more than the end from this episode. I don't feel like we get much more closure. It's so sloppy. Like this portion that I'm not wearing his socks is an example of like the solid writing that could have been Mm -hmm. provided for this whole storyline. 
like last episode with the whole like they're arguing but we're not even gonna include what they're arguing about like it could have been related Mm -hmm. to this somehow like maybe we should see other people or I don't even know you know but at least they went out with a bang in this way I guess yeah yeah literally bang on the car (laughs) a bang on the car Um. that didn't do any damage apparently yeah, one of those fancy cars. <laughs> Is it like one of the new Tesla army tank looking ones oh or God. something? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> and after this, we go back to Yale. And this is where they're out on at their table trying to get people to sign up, sign on to their petition. They're not doing a great job of informing people about things. They're just like guilt trying to guilt trip people mostly Paris Mm -hmm. (laughs) and nobody's signing up even Glenn passes them by using the table to hold his burrito (laughs) and then (laughs) it starts pouring rain and they run inside and they decide that it's warm in Florida and it might be worth a shot (laughs) I thought this was interest like an interesting way to get them to change their minds yeah and something I can kind of relate to I know you're much colder than I am at the moment but <laughs> so the thought of somewhere like by the end of winter the thought mm-hmm. of going somewhere warm if you're in a cold place is just like very tempting yeah I I liked it too it is quite cold where I am like I think it was six degrees here the last time I looked so I did find this episode particularly relatable as, when I was watching it today for sure and I like that they were like seduced by the idea of the warmth ultimately rather than like oh maybe we should go have the experience like maybe that's Mm -hmm. part of it but it really does seem to really be the rain and the cold and how they're like we just haven't been warm I think maybe we're led to think like later on when like Paris reveals that Asher didn't invite her to go to Denver perhaps we're supposed to think like that's partially why she brings it up and decides to Mm -hmm. go and whatnot but yeah I liked the the rain and the warmth like it's warm in Florida and there's that kind of iconic like moment when they're coming in from the rain where that girl asks Paris is it raining (laughs) outside (laughs) Uh, what does Paris say in response uh something that Along the lines of, yes, it's obvious, get your tubes tied, idiot. Oh, yeah, she does say get your <laughs> tubes tied. The beginning, I was just listening to the Women of Questionable Morals podcast episode about Paris. Yeah. And they were, like, citing this line as the beginning of her eugenics uh, storyline in the reboot, in the revival. Seriously. There's, like, a few moments, including this one, but it was, um, wasn't it her Harvard interview that... She also went oh, on about yeah. it where we noticed it. I feel like we've noticed it a couple times before, mm-hmm. but like what a small thing to have like found to be something in her character through and through. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. And this coming from somebody who's currently pre-med or pre-law. I don't know. Pre a lot of things. Point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they decide to join Janet and Glenn in going to Florida. So our next scene is Rory packing and getting ready for the trip. Lorelai and her are doing a very classic, like, not like your mom and daughter sort of relationship where mm-hmm. Lorelai's giving her kind of like advice on drinking and things like that. Or they're also just wonder- wondering, it's like that interesting phase of your life when like you're not like a kid 
underneath your parents' mm-hmm. roof, but you're also not quite an adult. So Rory's like, am I supposed to ask for permission to go? And Lorelai's pretty much like, you give, you're supposed to give me the impression that I could veto, essentially, <laughs> which I feel like is a very good, like, yeah, that's kind of where yeah. they're at. Uh, Paris and Janet arrive, and Glenn, I should say, and it turns out Paris is insisting on driving the van, <laughs> and she's like, if I'm going to die, it's going to be by my own hands, essentially, <laughs> when it comes to driving. Oh she probably thinks that because of how she drives, like, it turns out she's terrifying as a driver. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine as well. But this did have me thinking, why is Tana not with them? Yeah, we haven't seen her since she was welding in the common room. <laughs> I just <laughs> I feel like she would have was... <laughs> been a fun addition, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Maybe she's too young because didn't she? Oh, yeah. Hadn't she like skipped? So she might, she might still young. be like 16 or 17. I don't remember. That's a good reason. Yeah. I'm sure they thought of we're not just adding (laughs) it for them (laughs) yeah I did have a moment in this that I almost gave my Lorelai's closet which was when Lorelai found Rory's bathing suit Mm -hmm. she says that it's just missing the wimple that goes with it (laughs) and I almost gave that my Lorelai's closet a wimple for those of you who don't know is a you see nowadays with nuns it's like the head the white head covering and it also usually covers, like, around the face. Mm. Um, but it was a pretty common hair covering in the late medieval period in Europe. And we also had gotten a listener message about Rory's modest clothing. Yeah. <laughs> which we could put it, mention here. Yeah. Claude Berry 25 writes Rory's, quotes, modest quote, Clothes for a vacation, (laughs) laughing face. Amy wanted to convey, not as other girls. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, I think. Yeah. She's not, you know, one of those vain girls who wears a bikini. Oh, no. (laughs) That'd be vapid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although, like, do you, would you, like, think, is the, is wearing a one piece, like, true to Rory's character? Or does it feel out of character for her? I don't know. It's kind of. I feel like the writers can't decide because mm. in just recent episodes, we had them like window shopping, looking at super fashionable stuff and talking about wearing fashionable items. And then at other times they want Rory to be kind of like prudish. Mm. I don't, it's in line with her character from season one, episode one, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know so much about everything since then. I feel like yeah. she'd at least maybe wear a tankini. I don't know. Oh what my do you think? God. <laughs> Rory would be a tankini girl. (laughs) Like, it's a two-piece, but barely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's good. Easier to pee in to be. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That just, I was like, (laughs) oh, swimsuits. I've gone through a lot of different phases of swimsuits. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had a one-piece phase. I'm in a two-piece phase right now, but, like, high-waisted bottoms, that's the most Mm -hmm. genius um, invention ever. (laughs) Yeah, I like swim shorts, like the mm. bike shorts style. Yeah. I don't know, they're just more comfortable. I agree. But but yeah, we'll see anyways. a lot of different swimwear once we get there. But Rory makes sure to pack her swimsuit. So they're packed, they're in the van, and then they eventually arrive in Florida. And they arrive at this like motel that is definitely giving like 
college vacation Mm -hmm. vibes you know like everyone seems to be 21 and younger or something like that and it is by the beach it's a pool it's very like florida-esque it feels like they're on a location i'm not sure if it's florida but it's definitely not yale or stars hollow and california beach (laughs) yeah yeah so they arrive they're getting settled in and this is something I think we've talked about a bit before when we talked about uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and Gilmore Girls. But Paris begins to do this thing that she does throughout the episode, which is tipping every employee she meets. And mm-hmm. she says, like, you tip at the start and get better service rather than tipping at the end. And this is something that Susie does in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel like oh, almost yeah. exactly shaking their hands saying Susie Meyerson Paris says Paris Geller and um yeah it's like exact really it's like the same mm-hmm. exact thing <clears throat> and we did also have a listener comment about this behavior which I wanted to ask as well so they said um is Paris's treatment of the staff boss or classist so like I think they're asking like is it cool and like boss girl (laughs) or (laughs) is it classist how do you feel about this I don't know Mm -hmm. I kind of I kind of want to say boss to be honest like I don't think I I think it would be more classist if she was snobbish about it but Mm -hmm. she's kind of non-discriminatory about who she's giving money to and for what amenities Mm mm-hmm and she's not being snobbish about the, like, hotel is obviously kind of a low-budget yeah. <laughs> uh, spring break Probably location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to say, like, she knows what kind of experience she wants to have, and she's doing what she can to make that possible in the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure none of the hotel staff are mad about it. <laughs> yeah. I if, When I... When I was a hotel staff person, I loved getting tips. Didn't happen often, but when it did, it was nice. Right. Yeah. I felt like... What do you think? I was thinking it was, like, both. Like, it's kind of like a Mm -hmm. yes and situation for me. Like, she could could be, like, demanding this stuff from them without tipping, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's good that she's rewarding them for the services that she's requesting. And she's also not requesting them things that, like exploit them beyond their job Mm -hmm. description you know she's not saying like I'll pay you if you come hang out with us or something like that (laughs) it's like could you bring us a VCR so I think that is good I think the where it feels a little classist might be um oh I I think um and she pays that guy for a root beer yeah and she (laughs) says like oh look at his face like he's destined to become yeah an employee here was one thing Mm-hmm. I will say I think the bit works even better when it's with Susie because Susie is like pretty much working class just like any yeah. of the employees she was interacting with at that point in the story. So it's kind of like a they were more on an even level, whereas here mm-hmm. there is definitely a different level, you know, with um, the Paris and money and like she can just fly them home <laughs> yeah, I know. when they want to. Um, so, yeah, but for the most part, I think. I like it with, you know, a couple qualms, yeah. I'm pretty sure our nerdy characters in Greek also leave early. (laughs) Rusty and Dale, I think. But anyways, that's a different story. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, so part of the entrance to the motel is also the introduction of a cute guy who says hey to Rory and she says hey back. Mm-hmm. And Paris thinks that this is the beginning of a beautiful romance. <laughs> it's so nothing, but like... I know. <laughs> he's kind of like... I guess he is attractive. He's kind of like Dean and Jess combined. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. He sounds like Jess and kind of looks like a Jess-Dean hybrid. <laughs> he's just a very like average, good-looking... Mm-hmm. guy you might see on a spring break trip they really nailed it with that you know he could be anyone yeah. and no one at the same time <laughs> yeah no conversation skills <laughs> <laughs> after this we get a quick scene back in connecticut where we're at jason's apartment and he has made lorelei breakfast he's made her french toast which looks delicious yeah good for and him bacon good for yeah. her yeah <laughs> She has to eat on the go, so she puts it into a plastic bag and pours syrup in there, which is, I get the idea of it. She wants to have the full meal, but she's talking about eating that while she's driving. That's going to be a sticky mess. (laughs) I have had, like, I have sensory issues with syrup. Like, Mm -hmm. if it gets on me, I hate that texture. And I went, like, years and years of my life not eating syrup, actually, because I just didn't want to deal with it. And I also Mm -hmm. love chocolate chip pancakes. So I'm like, the chocolate is the sweetness, right? So I would just eat, like, chocolate chip pancakes dry, (laughs) which I don't think is that weird. Maybe it is. I don't (laughs) know. But I've recently gone back to syrup, you know, um... And I just, I'm very careful and try not to touch it. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, that would be my nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get my hands sticky at all, but I'll use a fork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also though, Jason hands Lorelai a key and you can kind of tell that this is like weighted with something, mm-hmm. but he's not presenting it very well. <laughs> he gives it to her and she's like, why are you giving me a key? And he tries to come up with these reasons of why she might need it. And then he's like, but if you don't want it, and then she's like, well, if you don't think I'll need it, and then it's kind of like a super awkward interaction mm-hmm. that ends with her taking the key, and you can tell that he had put a whole bunch of, like, he had a lot of meaning in what was what he was doing, but he was not portraying it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was just, like, let down, confused, guilty. <laughs> overthinking things as she left he definitely chickened out of you know saying let's take this to the next level and the key symbolizes that um he was like oh it's just practical um so he really missed the mark with that one it was kind of strange that Lorelai didn't read anything into it herself though I feel like giving your boyfriend or girlfriend a key is like a clear sign of like a next step like a half step yeah from just dating to moving in together at some point or something like that you know a hundred percent like I think it's very convenient that Lorelai seems to not know that in the in the context of this episode because she would totally like we've all seen movies read books like interacted with friends like it's just like a common like cultural knowledge you know of like different Mm -hmm. steps of dating and whatnot and having access to someone else's place is up there for sure yeah it's also strange she didn't give the reason of her coming by to walk caesar (laughs) yeah is that there is that his dog's name poor guy (laughs) or cyrus 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 Cyrus. Cyrus. caesar is the cook at luke's (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, an awkward scene. Right. And I think, like, would this episode have been better served by being, like, only in Florida at this point? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that because we have really liked how they've been splitting time between Yale and Stars Hollow, Mm -hmm. but with the spring break stuff having such a different vibe, it's almost like if they put that dress episode and then like interspersed it with Stars Hollow stuff, it would just feel weird. Yeah, I think it just felt a little disjointed. Like it works better when Lorelai is like on the phone with Rory and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, about the main thing, but... Yeah, maybe if it had, like, opened and ended with Connecticut stuff rather than, like, going there in the middle. But yeah, I guess they just wanted to squeeze in some Jason and Lorelai stuff. And it just, like, it's sad to me watching it because it's, like, end times for them as well. But they're not, like, letting us, the viewer, know that. Like, if I hadn't seen the show already, I'd think, like, oh, wow, you know, they're going to... Maybe they'll be engaged soon. Like, mm-hmm. it's just going really well. Like, he, she just got the key. Like, yeah, it's such a, a choice. Like, I'm really curious to see their breakup because I just don't have a clear memory of it. And I know it probably won't, like, make sense of things for me enough. But, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I just, remember like, why. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the breakup and it is. It's rough. <laughs> well, we'll get there uh, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we're back at spring break, and um, this is when Paris has also secured them a beach tent, which is quite nice, I think. Oh, yeah, and a table and chairs. <laughs> yeah. Like, sand is the hardest part about the, the beach for me. <laughs> so, yeah. gets everywhere, as uh, Anakin would say. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sand. <laughs> um, I had my... Lorelai's closet for Paris's hat in this scene. I did too. <laughs> so in sync. You can help me describe it because I was like, it's a super wide brimmed hat and the brim is striped and I couldn't tell if the hat, like the part over the head was like stars and then it was stars and stripes like America type thing or if it was a different pattern. I don't know, but it was something. I honestly <laughs> don't know. Um, I just loved the width of it. And then mm-hmm. also, I w- part of my nomination was also like her sun shirt that she has on over mm-hmm. her swimsuit, which is kind of like a classic button-up, flowy type situation. And I am just like, that is me yeah. in the sun. That's like, not exactly that, but I've got, you know, I am just like her, like lathering up the sunscreen and telling other people to put on sunscreen and wearing a hat and like reapplying in an hour like and that's just the only way I survive like I'm a very pale girl um yeah so and they're under an umbrella I'd also be like under shade as well like every level of sun protection is important to me (laughs) yeah that's also like I get so overheated Mm -hmm. and without shade just lying in the sun you just get so hot and thirsty and yeah just it's fun for like 10 minutes and then it's yeah. too much but under a canopy would be nice <laughs> yeah exactly I ha- yeah I have to say like I sh- I have a hard time with like a beach or a pool mm-hmm. day like I really have to work up to it honestly whereas I know for like a lot of other people it's just like a 
instant like relaxing fun thing for them to do but (laughs) for me I'm just like oh the sunscreen I have to put on and then (laughs) my hands are like greasy and when I was touching my book and it's just nightmare Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love the ocean and I love beaches but I love the northern Atlantic ocean and beaches Mm. so very different vibe yeah I like to walk around along the shore yeah. and get wind blown but i love bodies of water the best yeah i like being near them yeah 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 <laughs> human human instinct survival and all that <laughs> yeah definitely another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so while they're at this beach, my gazebo moment occurs. They run into who? Madeline and <laughs> Louise. How delightful. Yay. I just thought I wanted to nominate and recognize the greatness of like bringing back Madeline and Louise. Mm-hmm. Like just a perfect time for it, a perfect setting. Like it fits so seamlessly. Like, of course they would be there of course they've yeah. been spring breaking spring breaking for a month like <laughs> it's just they so are good spring break <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's so great to have like Paris and Rory there as well with those two and it's awesome yeah it makes you really wonder why they were friends in high school their <laughs> personalities are just so mismatched <laughs> yeah that's what Paris asks at one point she was like yeah. I was friends with you <laughs> But we find out that they have like this crazy schedule where they sleep in the afternoon and then go to all these parties. And one of our listeners wrote in and said that, uh, quote, Madeline and Louise's schedule is fucked up, but totally makes sense. And I love them. And I agree. They like make this whole segment. I feel like if they hadn't showed up for spring break, it would have been a huge flop because we also need them to help like propel some of the weird super uncomfortable cringeworthy boy drama and stuff (laughs) uh that wouldn't really happen as well without them yeah and who else is gonna get rory in paris drunk you know yeah it's kind of like this spring break experience is a whole thing it's like a world with its own like customs and rituals and things and rory and paris are like they have no clue and Mm -hmm. Madeline and Louise are their like worldly guides, you know, like they can it's be like almost like they're on a hero's journey. Oh my god! And Madeline and Louise are the wizened uh, <laughs> mentors of Paris and Rory. Wow, we're about to. <laughs> oh, I think we're about there. Yeah, so yeah. we're. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Case in point, without their wise mentors, Paris and Rory choose to stay in rather than participate in the festivities around them. They get pizza. They're watching this documentary that we're going to get to in a second here. I, but before that, I just have to say, like, that is my kind of night, though. <laughs> mm, same. And I believe. That would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, I think someone else had written into us as well. And they said um, Paris and Rory wanting to stay in and eat pizza and watch a movie was so relatable. (laughs) And I couldn't agree more. I think I had like brought this up at the start of the season when they were deciding if they wanted to like open their room for that like Mm -hmm. party. And they were both worried about like why aren't like we're not having fun here like everyone else and they just like kick them out. And I was like saying, you can have fun in college in other mm-hmm. ways. You know, there's not one script. And so like you could have friends over and drink and watch a movie. And that's just as much a college experience, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like they're kind of having the best of both worlds here, even though they don't seem they're unsure if they're like, quote unquote, doing it right, you know. But I'm like, yeah, you were like out by the pool and now you're in your hotel, like, you're the, what a good day, you know? Like, you're yeah. kind of doing, yeah. But, you know, of course they're worried about, like, are we are we doing it right? But um, mm-hmm. I would have liked it, yeah. <laughs> Same here. That's, like, my ideal hangout with people's pizza and a movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would have chosen to watch what they're watching yeah, on a vacation. I agree. <laughs> uh, but what are they watching, Suzanne? They are watching Joseph Campbell's A Power of Myth, uh, which I've never seen Me either. The, this documentary or uh, movie of, but I am very familiar with Joseph Campbell. He's a big guy in literary theory and especially with myth and religion. Um, I'm most familiar with his Hero of a Thousand Faces book. Uh, where he describes the hero's journey that is now like synonymous with so many things. He he notes how it shows up in mythology and uh, stories from all over the world, which is pretty cool. He was kind of, I, I don't know if he was officially a comparative literature person, but he was a literature scholar. So, mm-hmm. and he does comparative work, so I would call him that. Right. Um, but he like finds this. Uh, pattern in how stories are told throughout the world that starts with like a hero usually running into or having some sort of tragedy occur to them oftentimes family dying or something like that that propels them to leave and go on kind of a quest there are all sorts of different uh, steps along the way that are pretty uniform throughout a lot of stories and the theory is that this is kind of a, a human experience, is this kind of heroic journey that can also be found in normal people's lives, <laughs> though maybe with a bit more effort. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I am very familiar with the hero's journey, and it shows up obviously in a lot of medieval literature, and it's also kind of a blueprint for writing mm-hmm. the modern novel and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you have to say about Joseph Campbell? (laughs) You know, I actually wasn't all that familiar. Um, I guess I just haven't encountered much myth stuff in my own. Uh, Yeah, maybe he's for more the pre-modern folks. Maybe so. But (laughs) either way, I was just like, once I saw the like title 
scene they put up, I was like, I have to look up this like thing that they're watching on spring break because it just looks so serious. <laughs> and like to learn that it's a uh, documentary of like multiple episodes that are like one hour conversations about different topics related to like myth um mythology and whatnot I was like that what a thing to watch like on vacation and that like apparently Rory has seen it like five times to the point where Lorelai hid it from her and like I just think it's really I think it's really funny it's another great sign that like Rory and Paris are so suited for Mm -hmm. each other that they're both like geeking out and so excited to watch this together um And I, yeah, I kind of like the subtext as well that we've identified in this episode. It's kind of meta, you know, of like, it's on for a second. Like they, it comes up a couple times that they're watching this, right? But like, this is, they're on their own journey, this mythological (laughs) spring break, this new land, like, um, they're practically like Odysseus or whatever. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I should hope not quite like Odysseus, but I get what you're saying. (laughs) But um, when I had been looking it up, I saw that they filmed a lot of these conversations at the, like, Star Wars ranch or whatever. Oh, Lucasfilm. Yeah, right. So, like, and nice. I know, like, Star Wars is one thing that they talk about, I'm pretty sure. Like, classic hero, mm-hmm. Luke and whatnot. Yeah. Star yeah. Wars is, like, a perfect example of the hero's journey with mm-hmm. Luke's aunt and uncle dying. And then he's taken off by Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then he faces his foe, learns Mm -hmm. more about himself, Mm -hmm. and has downfalls, and then finally comes out of it, having learned things, and is somewhat somewhat triumphant until the new movies come out. (laughs) (laughs) So is Rory a hero of our story? I think think she and Paris are meant to be the heroes. Though what they... I guess they learn about themselves that they aren't spring break people and that's enough (laughs) yeah over like the larger course of the show though I wonder if it's Mm -hmm. like a failed hero's journey because Rory and Lorelai like don't learn about themselves yeah there there are um theorists out there I should look up who but I didn't think Mm -hmm. of to do this beforehand that um the hero's journey is like very clearly based off of a male pattern in yeah myth and legend and storytelling which of course in joseph campbell's day he like was most prominent in the 50s and 60s i think Mm -hmm. but of course talking about men and their experiences was the main thing to do but there are theorists who have uh kind of reworked that to look at patterns in stories about women and Mm -hmm. like a heroine's journey kind of thing Mm -hmm. i i'll try and find the books and post them because I should know that but I can't remember the names of the scholars but yeah I wonder if if we read those we would see some something more along what Paris and Rory go through (laughs) I would love that yeah yeah that'd be cool okay so the power of myth a big Rory's Mm -hmm. bookshelf for us today uh before I move on completely I did want to ask um what is a movie that you would want to watch on vacation if you were in their shoes or like if you picked out a movie for them to watch do you have anything that comes to mind i mean obviously we would watch all three of the extended versions of lord of the rings <laughs> but that would see like That's that would just break. keep you in the hotel room for so long don't yeah you need to go outside a little bit 
Maybe. You can take breaks between each movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Every time you have to switch a DVD, you can take a 10-minute break outside. <laughs> uh, that's good. I'm just kidding. I would split it up over a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. I think would I would pick? like want to do something like that evokes a feeling of like a trip. So like Mamma Mia could be good because they're mm-hmm. on like the Greek islands or I just watched um, Saltburn like a lot of people and oh, that's yeah. over a summer break. <laughs> something. That's like the least descriptive <laughs> way to describe what it's yeah. about. But um, so yeah, I don't know. Something like Something like that. <laughs> Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that Rory was doing in this episode reminded me of her character in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. That might break the universe, though, if she watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so the scene ends with both of them discussing, like, are we doing this right? Um, and I was feeling like it really depends, you know, on like what they want from this. Like if they want to have the spring break experience, quote unquote, like they're probably doing it wrong. But if they're there to be doing their own thing and just be Mm -hmm. warm while they're doing it, then totally you're fine. Right. But, but yeah. Yeah. They wake up the next morning and do an interesting activity of sitting at the pool watching guys like play chicken with those big styrofoam barbell things mm-hmm. um rory is on the phone with lorelei trying to describe what's happening and then we see a cute guy again he makes eye contact with rory from across the pool and she kind of stutters in her conversation and everybody notices that she saw this cute guy she hangs up and like paris and madeline and louise are all staring at her um Paris also throughout this has been complaining about having no food, so she's about to partake in a banana eating contest, which uh, I don't think she understood what that was yeah. going to be. It didn't go well for her. She like yeah. walks off angry later on, like, sorry for thinking that it was all about food or something like that. And Rory exchanges words with that guy briefly to yeah. no avail he seems like into her because she asks him like what are those things called and he says i don't know did i lose points and she's like no yeah. i don't know so like implying that he cares like but he's not trying he's not trying at all like his friends call him and he just leaves so mm-hmm. it's not really giving it's not really a great romance by any means <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like a little crush i guess <laughs> If you could even call it that. I almost wish they had like leaned into it more. Like mm-hmm. Rory also doesn't seem that invested in it either. But it could be kind of fun if she was like really crushing hard and like really trying to get this guy. Like and then it's I don't know. But like there's no like love for her or like yeah. sex for her outside of Dean right now. You know yeah. like this uh. could be the fun thing. <laughs> yeah. It could be like the one night stand. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't see Rory ever having sex for the first time in a one night stand. But No. I mean, it's probably for the best that she didn't. But <laughs> yeah, compared to like Dean, I think it would still be better than that. Yeah. In my opinion. But though I feel like this guy could also be like a walking STD. So oh, yeah, for sure. Knows? Use protection. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh, after this, oh, I did note right at this scene when she was talking to the guy that he sounds like Jess. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Um, but after this, we go and pan in on the shins playing. 
for all of our younger audience, the Shins were a fairly biggish deal in like the mid 2000s. They had some hits. I don't know. I wouldn't call them like a huge, like a a really big band or anything, but they were on the radio. They were well known. I really like the song that they're playing in the episode. It's called So Mm -hmm. Says I, I'm pretty sure. And did you know the Shins are from Albuquerque? I just learned that today when I'm I looked them up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey. That's where I am. <laughs> I thought you might have picked them as your Ray's bookshelf yeah. because of that. <laughs> oh, no. Strangely, you wouldn't think it, but Albuquerque, New Mexico is kind of like a mecca for a lot of creative types. That's really you know? cool. Um, but we do get, there was a clear contract between the Shins and Gilmore <laughs> Girls because we get basically the entire song. <laughs> yeah. With just like a couple of shots of... Rory and Paris reacting to the song. But we, yeah, we you pretty like much got get the full thing. The people arriving, and then you've got people like clearly just like enjoying the band, mm-hmm. you know? Like, like, shout out, I guess, to their agent or whoever negotiated yeah. that for them because that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder like how big they were before this came out and if it had any impact for them. Because I feel like the song, I can't remember the title of it, that they really ha- had. That was really popular was until like 2007 or something, or maybe 2006. Like, I don't remember what it was. They kind of disappeared. I don't know what they're up to these days. Yeah, I, I'm not really familiar. I Googled it, but none of the songs really. That's the kind of thing with like music I listen to on the radio. I could like sing it and know all the words, but I might not be able to tell you the name of the song, you know? <laughs> yeah. This scene, like, has a few different vignettes and different things going on in it. Um, But I, and I do want to highlight, though, like, this is the whole thing is that they're, like, going to a club, you know, like, with Louise and Madeline. And this is Paris and Rory, like, going out to have this experience and whatnot. And though I haven't been on, like, a spring break trip, I have been to bars and, like, college bars as well, you know, (laughs) where it's, like, all college kids and all of this stuff and mm-hmm. what I want to say is that like when Paris and Roy are like why is everyone having more fun than we are it's because they're all drinking like yeah they're all <laughs> Roy, <drunk. laughs> at this point Roy and Paris aren't drinking and like everyone else is and it's like that's yeah. why they seem to be having fun but what I also want to say is if I had been at like a bar where the shins were playing like that is very fun. Like I know this is Pay not your to typical <laughs> like just small college bar scene. Yeah. Like it would be a lot more like dingy and just darker, and you like would have much less space, and people would be like, mm-hmm. be it wouldn't even be good music. It would be like the I don't know, just stuff people grind to or things like that. Yeah. Like, mm. and it would smell like beer and urine probably, and the floor would be sticky and. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I just, I find it funny that, like, they're not having fun because they're not drinking, but also, like, this would be fun for any state of mind. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just ironic. Yeah. They also decide very quickly that they're not having fun, which I guess, like, if you know you're not having fun, you know it, but. I also thought it was weird, though, that they, like, separated from Madeline and Louise and, like, Janet and... I'm like, yeah, it's just you two. Like, go hang out with Madeline and Louise who are, like, over there dancing. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, yeah. But I get it, though. Like, 
I also that's like going out to a bar like that isn't really my idea of like a fun night. So like I could easily just be like, yeah, you go to try it and then you just want an excuse to leave, you know, like I don't fault them for that necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, I do fault them for what happens next. And Mm. also kind of Madeline and Louise. (laughs) And I gave this my Friday night dinner, the kiss between... Paris and Rory and Madeline and Louise earlier on were like, we can just do any, we can get anything we want if we kiss in front of people or flirt or something, we'll get whatever we want. Yeah. And I just wanted to complain about this like commodifying of like fake lesbian relationships Mm -hmm. and it only works for two women, like two men making out wouldn't get them extra drinks or whatever unless it's at a gay bar, but. I don't think even then. But this is like something that's always been a problem is just the everything being for the male gaze. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even Paris and Rory are obviously not gay. And this it that like makes it even more problematic that they're trying to capitalize off of real other people's real sexualities to have fun or to like get attention or something. Mm-hmm. And it's also a problem for actual lesbians when all men see is just like, oh, this is eye candy for us. This is like a place for me to push in and just mm. like be a part of this, you know, which is exactly uh, which is exactly what the cute guy yeah. does at the end of the scene. He's like, oh, hey, like want to come out with me and your friend can join us like you <laughs> The only thing that gets him to actively put in effort and pursue Rory is seeing her and Paris kiss. So, like, yeah, for his viewing pleasure as he perceives Mm -hmm. it, really, it's gross. It really is. Yeah. I did think it was kind of funny that Paris was asking Rory for feedback (laughs) on the kiss. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like. Turn it around a bit at the end. Yeah. That's like, that feels to me like some boarding school kind of (laughs) shit. Yeah. Like, uh, practicing making out with your friends but then yeah. also probably five years later realizing that you're actually gay I feel like that's how it, how it would happen yeah uh, and you know like I feel like this kiss has like a weird place in the fandom as well because there are plenty of people who mm-hmm. ship like Paris and Rory romantically together and I'm all for that and I just feel bad for them that like this is like the only kind of like kiss that they have to like like decide whether or not they want to like use that as part of why they ship them you know because like Mm -hmm. it's also just not even consensual to begin with like Paris kind of just places it on Rory without asking about it and it's part of the like oh we're not having fun we're not trying hard enough so Paris just like kisses her and it easily could have been like written consensually you know like they could have both come to that decision together or they both could have tried like let's get someone's attention or anything but like it's just one-sided um and so it's just like it's unfortunate you know like it could have been them practicing making out it could have been a lot of things Mm -hmm. and it could have still been written straight in the show and you know you still ship it our way um I don't know. It's just, it's just too bad is how I feel about it. Like, yeah. it could have been fun. It could have been something easier to root for if you like them romantically together. But it's just not, you know, it's just like, mm. I think the like the jokes about it afterward, I do think are funny, like later mm-hmm. on 
when Roy's talking about like you're not even my type like it's kind of <laughs> like it's pretty funny like yeah but um yeah it's just not it's not great and um yeah Paris yeah. and uh I mean Madeline <sighs> and Louise are bad influences <laughs> yeah. they or they even talk about like um there's this pair of twins who are Madeline and Louise's enemies and yeah, they're like weird we can't compete with them, especially when they learned about the kissing thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, twins kissing is so gross. But like, I think the only, there's like potentially an argument to be made for like using the power you have. Like if you know men are going to objectify and commodify you to use that against them and like get what you want. Like, well, they're gonna do it anyway. So might as well get a drink out of it or something like that. But it's too like... I don't know. It's not. Yeah, I but I, I feel like that would be a power that only actual lesbians should be taking, <laughs> not yeah, yeah. like people pretending. But yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. I really want to see now some TikTok edits of Rory in Paris to see some of their potential ships. I recently saw an edit of the one scene in Harry Potter and uh, the Half-Blood Prince where Harry and Draco... <laughs> like see each other from across the great hall after Katie Bell comes back and they change the music to something and you just see them looking back and forth at each other and like looking flustered and then Draco runs away and I was like this is oh my God. perfect <laughs> listen Harry is <laughs> obsessed with Draco I know, in that and Draco's book and obsessed movie. with him I know yeah <laughs> it writes itself <laughs> it does uh, all right first first forays into fanfic were harry draco fanfic i'm pretty sure <laughs> anyways back to our episode we have a quick connecticut scene to break things break up the lovely flow of things <laughs> in florida um it we arrive it appears to be the end of a date between jason and lorelei and jason is being awkward <clears throat> he finally admits like i meant to like tell you something with that key like it's that time in a relationship where I normally bolt and like I was thinking about us and you and things that bother me but nothing came up and I thought I'd be an idiot if I screwed this up and so like he just kind of tells her like how he's feeling about them I found it very romantic actually mm -hmm. like I thought it was pretty sweet and especially when we've talked before about like Lorelai, however we'll describe her, she has some quirks, you know, we should say. And, like, it seems like some guys like that about her and some guys, like, find her annoying, you know? So it's, like, that's important that he thought about her and thought, like, nothing came to mind that bothered him mm -hmm. about her. Because I think I would have come up with some stuff. Like, <laughs> even if I loved her, you know? Like, number yeah. one would be the whole, like, our relationship is secret. Like, yeah, is that not a bother? But... <laughs> Hey, that disturbs the romantic part of the moment. Yeah. Um, and so she's like smiling and there's this happy music playing. And then she gets a voicemail from Luke saying <laughs> that he is in jail. He's been arrested. Iconic. The, the delivery of this, these lines was so funny. He's just like, um, you have to come and pick me up because, well, I'm in jail. And I need $300 <laughs> because, well, let's admit it. I that's my bail. That's my bail. <laughs> it's just yeah. very funny. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, poor Luke. Well, actually, we'll, we'll get there. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have another scene back at spring break where Madeline and Louise are telling P 
Paris and Rory that their kiss was a big hit. <laughs> and then we start going into boy talk. Mm-hmm. So uh, Paris updates them about dumping Jamie and now she's with Asher and he's uh, off at some conference this week and we can tell that she's like feeling insecure about the relationship in a kind of disconcerting way like she's very I don't know just seems like she's more so obviously more invested in it than he is at the moment and it's already got that huge power imbalance so it's just worrying but then we also get Madeline and Louise ask about Rory's love life. They ask about Dean. And Rory and Paris are both quite drunk at this time. (laughs) They're both like slurring as much as they can. And uh, Rory says that she and Dean are still friends, but he's married. And meanwhile, Madeline is typing through Rory's phone and finds Dean's phone number, which she gave her just recently as we remember and uh her finger just slips over the call button and (laughs) she calls dean and then this is the most cringeworthy like secondhand embarrassment moment i think of almost all of gilmore girls where rory is leaving a message for dean she's drunk she's giggly she's like and we were just talking about you and blah 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 and bye it's just like Oh, gosh. (laughs) What did you think about this scene? Well, at the start, like, I actually really liked the premise of this scene. Like, like, just gathering around the table, chatting, drinking. Like, this is the fun stuff of, like, a girl's trip, you know, I think. Like, they're just, like, gossiping, having fun. Like, I'd much rather just be, like, talking to my friends like this instead of like at a club you know so I was like Mm -hmm. oh this is nice they're like catching up just having fun together boy talk you know and then once it gets to Dean I'm just like oh god um (laughs) and I had my just sass attack when um Louise is like I'm a psychic I predict it's not gonna (laughs) last and Paris is like oh wow two married 19 year olds aren't gonna make it what a risky (laughs) bet like (laughs) I love that even drunk she's sassy (laughs) I know um but about like the voicemail, I did think it was cringe, but I honestly thought it could have been worse, to be honest. Oh, wow. Like I thought like what if she had said like I still love you or like I've been no. thinking I feel like she could have said something worse. Or like one of the other girls could have chimed in and been like, You're so hot or I don't know. Yeah. So it was I don't know. Bad, admitting that she was talking about him is a lot. That's still <laughs> something there. Yeah. No wonder he calls back. Like Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. We did get a few responses from listeners that have to do with this part. Um, one said that this whole episode seemed so out of character for Rory, but especially hated that she called Dean too. And yeah, I kind of feel like we've talked, we've mentioned that it's, I mean, it's not out of character for Rory to try it. It's like in character for Rory to realize she doesn't like it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, the spring break stuff but yeah I get what you're saying and then another listener said the Dean phone call makes me cringe and another still said loved (laughs) this episode except for when she calls Dean so I feel like that's a good consensus that yeah we've got a quorum the Dean the Dean bit is the worst we declare this this is cringe (laughs) yeah Once again, a quick interruption in our program to go to Luke at Lorelei in Mm -hmm. Connecticut. Um, 
we're like we pick up just in the car already Lorelai has picked up Luke it's a bit quiet then she gets him talking finally um he's talking about wanting to see the owner of the socks which I think is a hilarious description <laughs> um this led him to essentially spy on Nicole where mm-hmm. he like makes her think he's gonna be in one place and then he goes and like stakes out their apartment and watches her and he keeps referring to it as like their house or his house now um and how she like did this to him at their house and um later on like they've been in there so long like how what are they doing in my house well he says his house but um (laughs) and he like gets angry a second time like we learned the first time he got so angry that he just wanted to do something so he got out and started kicking the guy's car (laughs) and it just so happens someone saw and called the cops and that's how he got arrested and the second time around he's angry again and he (laughs) kicks the car again (laughs) and like um it's so strange because part of me wants to talk about like Luke's anger problem and how this is actually like fairly unhealthy and he needs a better way of like expressing his emotions and all of that but then the other part of me is like it's so silly that the way that he Mm-hmm. acts out his anger problem is by like kicking a car and doing no yeah. damage <laughs> like he could have like, like he could have gotten in a fight with the guy yeah. he could have like actually <laughs> broken windows or something but it was so ineffectual in the end that it's like oh his anger problem but maybe it's harmless <laughs> did you have any thoughts on how luke handled all of this stuff <laughs> um i thought it was kind of understandable i feel like he could have in an ideal world, confronted Nicole about the socks first (laughs) and asked what was going on. Because I feel like at this point in their relationship, she probably would have just admitted it to him. Yeah. Like, at this point, they're obviously not going to stay together. There's no reason for her to lie if he asked straight out. But (laughs) that's also not a very Luke thing to do. (laughs) So, I don't know. I, I found this situation kind of funny and I feel like that's what that's what it was meant to be, like funny, but also sad. Yeah. But also in like two days, will Luke really care? <laughs> He'll break up with Nicole and be like, you know what? It was coming anyways. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'd almost think he would be glad to have a reason or an mm-hmm. excuse to do it. Ugh. it. And to call Lorelai, I think, was an yeah. interesting choice. Of course he called Lorelai. <laughs> yeah. Is so like when people list reasons for divorce, isn't it one category like neglect or something? Yeah, I think so. Neglect and then like infidelity. Right. So like I was I feel like that's why if Nicole divorced Luke, she could say like he just like like was never there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then now he can list infidelity, I guess. Like they both they just have such valid reasons for leaving each other. And, like, I don't condone cheating, but, like, who can be surprised that Nicole mm-hmm. would have, like, found someone else because, like, it seems like her and Luke are so not together. Yeah. It's not I even don't. a relationship. Like, I don't even, like, I don't necessarily even buy that Nicole would cheat on Luke. You know, like, it would be much more logical for Nicole to dump him and then mm-hmm. date someone new, but, like, we're not getting that side we're not getting like her side of things right but like 
I, this is for the sake of story and all it works but I'm like I feel like Nicole would have like not put up with this yeah. and just like have put it behind her by now yeah but, hey. but she also was the one who said let's not get divorced and just date so I don't know that's a good point <laughs> she's also a lawyer like maybe she's just really busy and working yeah. all the time and then it was like convenient for her to have someone to call up mm-hmm. at the end of the day and be like can you make me dinner and then go to bed yeah. and whatnot yeah that's true luke would make a good dinner <laughs> yeah or bring dinner a yeah <laughs> you'd be a pretty good guy to have for that yeah yeah <laughs> but not anymore for her yeah i He's gonna take his socks back yeah i don't feel like we get anything more from her i think this is just meant to be the end so bye nicole <laughs> nice knowing you yeah um after this we get a the last scene at spring break which is Rory and Paris sitting on the beach together, realizing that they're not really into this. They've done all of the things that they set out to do, and they're ready to go home. And then I gave my gazebo moment to uh, Glenn emerging from the ocean, <laughs> <laughs> completely like he's tripping on some sort of drug or something. Uh-huh. He's got a tattoo of a heart and something now over his chest. He's just in his swim trunks. He comes out and he, <laughs> Rory and Paris are like, we haven't seen you since the other day when you said you were going to go and get a hot dog. Yeah. And then he's like, hot dogs? And then he runs off behind them making screeching noises and running in diagonal like zigzags <laughs> it's just like serpentine serpentine glenn, or whatever. Yeah. glenn has brought the comedy this whole season yeah i don't think we see him anything any or much more at least after this season but he's been a great a great character i would love to maybe we can try and interview yeah it's like, lately. Wait, that'd be fun glenn? <laughs> but I, I just loved it it was also just like so primordial the way he came out of the ocean it really was (laughs) i also was like really wanting to see his pov of the weekend Mm -hmm. you know like it would have been great to like if the next episode was just all from glenn's point of view (laughs) or if like right then they just gave us like a minute of like a montage of like what he went through you know and like like, david lynch film or something (laughs) like paris and rory just in the background a couple times like it could have been fun (laughs) yeah um but yeah i really i really enjoyed that moment and I also, like, enjoyed the larger kind of just quiet moment of Paris and Rory, like, mm-hmm. just sitting out by the waves, like, feeling contemplative or as contemplative as they can be when they're that drunk. <laughs> and, like, yeah. just being like, are we done? Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When you're that drunk, there's nothing that sounds better than going home. <laughs> Puking in your own toilet. <laughs> uh, McDonald's. Like, yeah. yeah. Macaroni cheese. <laughs> Our final scene of the episode is a phone call between Lorelai and Rory. Lorelai is ironically upset that Rory didn't tell her she's no longer in Florida. She was worried <laughs> for her, but it's because Rory went home early. Um, Rory kind of like fills her in a little bit. She's like listing off some stuff. She mentions the kiss with Paris, but Lorelai, I like this, like doesn't follow up on that, but she follows up on the power of myth. She's like, wait a second. I thought I hid that from you. I thought that was really good. Like Lorelai's not over-sexualizing women kissing in this moment. (laughs) She is a power bisexual, as we know. Yeah, good for her. (laughs) 
But we are interrupted by another incoming call, mm-hmm. which is Dean. And Rory, being Rory, says, gotta go, mom. And <laughs> starts a conversation with Dean, which we don't see the extent of because it, like, the kind of fades to black during the conversation. But he's like, oh, sounds like you're having fun. I have so many questions. I wrote a couple that down. so like, weird. So weird. Um, Who writes down questions for a phone call following up from somebody's drunk message and, and an ex-girlfriend ah. yeah uh, yeah not not uh, a good omen no and i think i will give that my friday night dinner because i was really torn between the kiss and the dean stuff and maybe a little bit of the luke stuff but like talking through the luke stuff i think i agree it was meant more like for comedy i think and this like I don't know. I feel like I've said it already and we're going to continue to say it of like just how disappointing and like dark I find this whole like return to Dean thing. But like the way that like the episode was like kind of on a positive and then it like I just it just sinks like every time Mm -hmm. the Dean and Rory thing comes around and I feel like it just effectively like uh, like such like a a downer (laughs) and (laughs) I just continue to think about like the why of it all and I don't know if we'll ever know or even if we did know why like it wouldn't matter um but like why go back to Dean and Rory at this time in the story like what is the purpose like what is the effect I just don't it's just so disappointing and (laughs) I don't know we'll have time to think about it more as it unfolds more but I something I was kind of thinking about recently was like it would be one thing if the story I felt like ended in a way where like we're talking about like the hero journey, you know, if it ended in a way where Rory like had this realization because we've talked before about like cheating or like almost cheating, leading people on so and so is like a recurring thing she has problems with. So it'd be one thing if she like did this awful thing and then learned from it. But like that's not how it really feels in the end. So so yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Just a complete bummer. Yeah, that's really all we have Brings to say. Down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that we've completed the episode, who was your MVP? I was just thinking about this and I think I'm going to surprise people and give it to Jason. Oh I, that is a surprise. <laughs> I've come as I said I think last episode, I've kind of come around to him now that he's not in the like kind of creepy wooing stage for Lorelei. Yeah. Um but I just like related so much to his inability to get out the big <laughs> declaration that he was going for. Mm-hmm. And then like how he clearly had been thinking about it for the last like 24 hours until he finally got to talk to Lorelai again. And I am also proud of him for making the big move. As yeah. he said, he's n- he doesn't ever really move forward beyond this point. So that's something and yeah I don't know I just I liked him in this episode so who was your MVP my MVP was Glenn nice. <laughs> uh just because you know he like managed to find a way to get time with Janet like he mm-hmm. somehow ended up on a spring break trip with like three of these girls that he probably thinks are pretty cool and then he probably had the most adventurous weekend of all oh, of them, yeah. though we don't know much about it. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was really his episode in many ways. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> I hope we do get to interview him someday. That would be fun. Well, on that note, my cats have all woken up from their naps. So <laughs> I guess 
Yeah, talk soon. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. Don't forget to rate and review us and share us with your friends. Join us on Instagram and TikTok at Talking Fast Podcast. And join the conversation by emailing us your thoughts, talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com.